0: So we've been in this series called uh, Jesus, and the reason being is because um, there's just so many new believers from camp, and it just made me think like, okay, when I first started following after Christ, I needed to know a lot of stuff, and I really, know, I really needed to know who this Jesus guy was that I was following after and what that meant for my life and so many other things. so we started out with, We start out with just trusting him because his word, I mean, he has this word for a reason and is the only thing that we can look at with 100% authenticity and just we can look at that and see who he truly is, and we just have to trust it. We just have to trust that he is who he says he is, and if his word says something, and we don't necessarily agree with it, or we, his word says something, our life doesn't really match up, you know, we just have to trust that it's true. We have to trust that, that we can give up self, and we can follow after that, and it's going to be okay. We just have to trust that, and we, we learned how it was, it was whenever he was walking on the water, and, you know, the, the boat was, was getting tossed back and forth in the storm, and they were kind of freaking out a little bit, and uh, he was just passing by, and they were like, they were scared to death because he was a ghost. But, you know, Jesus does a lot of crazy things, and we just have to trust him. This is the bottom line. We have to trust him. And then after that, it was, uh, it was the fact that we need joy. And I was thinking about this the other day. It was actually last night. Jesus prescribes us joy just like a doctor would prescribe somebody a life-saving medicine. It's, it's just... We, we literally can't live without joy. And that joy comes from loving others. And so what, we, what, what God calls us to is to love each other. And that is how the world, that's how everybody else looks at the church and sees a light. And they see that we are different. Why? Because of our love. Not because we follow some rules. Not because we dress nice. Not because we have a building and it's air conditioning or, or just whatever, or we just have a bunch of friends. No, it's not, it's not any of that. It's just how much we love each other and how much we love others and how, how we're welcoming anybody at any time into our family. And we're willing to take care of them. We're willing to sacrifice for them. We're willing to do what it takes for them to have their needs met. And then Kenny last week talked about... Um, we don't only just love the people that we're alike. We don't just love the person who looks just like us, acts just like us, and, and does the same thing as us. We, we love the person who would slap us on our cheek, and we just we say, I love you so much, so I'm just going to give you the other one. Or if, 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 we, if you sue me for my shirt because, you know, that's the only thing i got, and you sue me for everything I've got, I'm going to give you my jacket, too. And, and if you tell me to, to carry your stuff for a mile, I'm going to carry it two miles, and you just show them that love. Show your enemies that kind of love. Show the people around you that you're not really concerned about this life because you have a hope that it goes beyond this life, right? That's how the world recognizes us is by our love. And I was just thinking, it's just, it's, it's just so hard to find that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, to me, it's just so hard to find that kind of love just in, in the church, you know, it's just so weird to me how we claim to be the church, maybe not we as in everybody in here, I'm just saying, I'm just saying church in general that, you know, just people who would say, hey, yeah, I go to church, but like, hey, are you a Christian? Be like, oh yeah, uh, I'm a member at so-and-so. It's like, no, what I said was, are you a Christian, not are you a member of a church, because, I mean, that doesn't, I mean, what do you, are you equating being a Christian with, with going to church? You know, like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, would you give me the shirt off your back? Because I want to give you mine. You know, it's just like, would you give somebody else something that they need? Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to see who I got on my team here. I'm just, trying to show who I, I'm just trying to see who I can love. And it's just so crazy to me that we don't love like that, although that is, that is who we are. That is what we are supposed to be. That's who the world recognizes us as. Well, as I'm reading through the Gospels, I'm just trying to figure out, like, this isn't like one of those series It's like, okay, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It's not like that, so it's kind of difficult. But I was just thinking, like, the Christian life, what does everybody need to know about the Christian life? And we talked about some important things, but I'm just trying to think, like, what are some things we need to know? And so I'm reading and uh, for some reason, we got this this really lofty uh, picture of Jesus. That's um, that is he's just super nice, easygoing, laid back guy. You know, he doesn't never really uh, rock the boat with anything. And uh, you know, he just oh, Jesus loves you. And it's like there's this uh, there's this, like underlying theme there that you only tell him half the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like a half-truth thing. It's like, okay, Jesus loves you, but like I need you, I I need you to go a little deeper with that. Like, how does he love you? How how does how does his love change your life? Because, you know, my mom loves me. I I got a wife that loves me too. And, you know, I I love my kids and and all these kind of different things. But what what's different about this love? What what's different about it? How, how can it change my life? How can it give me some answers? Because, you know, I'm searching for some answers that are pretty big. That's a pretty big deal. Like, I'm trying to figure out why I'm actually here, like why I'm actually living. Like, what's the purpose of my body? What's the purpose of my life? What's the purpose of me doing anything? I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And so when you just say, hey, Jesus loves you, I need, to go, I need you to go a little bit deeper than that. Because just saying the word love doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. And the people that are in your life, they need the same thing. They don't, need, they don't just need for you to just say, hey, Jesus loves you. They need you to be a light, that personification of that love, to show them and sacrifice for them. Okay, Jesus loves me. Well, you're a follower of him. You imitate him. When he takes a step, you take a step. And so I need you to show me that. I need, I need you to tell me how he loves me by showing me how he loved you. That's the point of it. And so, like, you know, we we, we put things on the outside of our church, like church signs, you know, and we say, like, come as you are, or we say, you know, that Jesus loves you, or we say, hey, anybody's welcome, come at 1030 and, you know, be a part of our fellowship and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, as far as I know, most of the time that's a cop-out. Most of the time that's just saying, hey, look. We got this really cool, nice building that's got air conditioning and you know, we got Sunday school class just for you and you can come in, bring your kids. We have good, you know, good kid care, and we got we got food if you're hungry. You know, just come. Just please come. You know, whoever you are, just please come. It's like we're begging people to be a customer or something. Because we don't really want to lower the walls in our heart to be able to extend that love, be vulnerable, love with no abandon, and be hurt by somebody. We don't want to, we don't want to sacrifice our time because it's not really fun sometimes. We don't want to sacrifice, you know, like our personal space by inviting someone to our house or inviting someone to live with us full-time. I mean, it's just so many things. Like, we're just, it's almost like we're stagnant and we think that just, you know, putting the words out there is supposed to, you know, do something. No, what, what your faith does is has action behind it. It doesn't just sit there. It can't just sit there. Your passion to love people will come out if you actually love people. There, there's no if and buts about it. It just, it just happens. And so I'm reading the Gospels And and I'm just seeing that. This guy, Jesus, he ain't no joke. He's doing stuff that I didn't really know he did. I read a story in there the other day that he got driven to a cliff because of the things he said to the Pharisees and the things he was doing. And they were good things, like healing people, giving people sight. Giving people, you know, back their hearing. And he was was healing them of leprosy and telling these people, like, uh, the Pharisees is like, look, you don't need to do this and do this and do this. You just need to have faith. You need to let all that go. You're, You're no higher than anybody else. And if you just let that go, you'd have peace. Although right now, you don't have peace. And he's just telling them all this. And they were so mad. And they drove him to a cliff. He's got his back up against a cliff that he was about to fall. They were trying to kill him. And I don't know where he went, but the Bible just says he made his way through the crowd and left. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm just thinking, I've never heard somebody preach that. That's crazy. Because here's, here's the thing. Let, let's read for a second. In chapter 10 of Matthew, he sends out his 12 disciples. And that just means he sends out his 12 followers. We've got some followers in here. We're about, a bunch of followers in here, right? We, we consider ourselves followers, imitators of Christ. He is, we are a little Christian. We are a little Christ. That's what we are. And we're following after him as if he's our dad. And we're, we're just, we're imitating him. He sends out his 12 disciples with no money, with no extra clothes. He sends them to live with other people. And he says, he says this, A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. A, a children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. So on and so forth. And he says, he says that, that they call him the prince of demons. And because no one can be greater than their teacher, you're going to be called worse things than that. And he goes on to say, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. That's some crazy stuff. And I know we've heard that before. But he sends out his 12 disciples, the ones who are, who are intimately following him, not just kind of looking on and, and you know, just watching him do his thing. He sends out his twelve disciples as lambs among wolves. And he tells them to be crafty. Yet at the same time, he's telling them to shout from the rooftops everything that he has done. That's some hard stuff. Let me just tell you something. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a Christian. There, there's, uh, we're not hiding anything. We're just going to pull back the curtain, and we're going to show you what Jesus really did he sent out his, his disciples, he sent out his children to be lambs among wolves. He's sending you out to be basically among the predators. And that's scary. And that's scary. I, I just, just looking on into it, just, just what I read, I'm not really seeing any good news. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not really seeing like, hey, it's just, this is just making me scream for joy. I can't wait to be a lamb. I can't wait to, you know, hate my mother or my, my father in comparison to my love for Jesus. Like it's just like, like okay, okay, God. So what are you really trying to tell me here? Let's step back and let's see the bigger picture. Let's see what you're trying to tell me. You're trying to tell me you're worthy of being lived for. You're trying to tell me that this love is worthy of dying for. You're trying to tell me that these people out here in this world, they need a hope. It's dangerous to go out there and give them this hope of me, but it is worth doing it. You need to go out there and give them this this hope because if you don't, they will die with no hope. They will live their life with no purpose. They will live their life with no peace. They will live their life with no true love in their hearts. They will live their life without the purpose that God created them to be. And this good news is hard because not everybody wants to hear it. Not everybody wants to hear it. And we're about to see why. So there's this guy named John the Baptist. What he did was basically he prepared the way. He lived in the wilderness, and he lived in the woods, and he ate locusts, and, and he stunk really bad, and he was just, its a crazy dude. I mean, I, I think I would like to be him, but none of y'all would be my friends, because I was thinking so bad. And definitely wouldn't have a wife. She'd, she'd probably, she'd probably divorce me from my stench. She's got a really good nose. I don't know what it is. Y'all don't know my wife, but like, it could be like the faintest thing. She's like, oh, oof. I, that stinks, the garbage stinks. I like open it, I'm like, I don't smell it. I like open it, I'm like, I don't smell it. I don't, I don't understand this, but like now I just trust her. I'm just like, okay, something stinks, you know, take the garbage out or something. Anyways, I don't, good Lord. I, I forgot to come up on stage. Uh, but anyways, in chapter 11, this is like right, right after. In chapter 11 it says, when Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all these things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? So this guy, okay, from birth, he had a purpose of revealing Jesus. Okay, He, he didn't really know exactly who the guy was. But he knows his purpose. He was given his purpose to basically be the one crying out from the wilderness to saying, This is the Messiah. I'm not worthy of tying his untying his shoes. I'm like, this guy, I'm just preparing the way for a greater light. I am not the light myself. I'm just trying to tell y'all he's coming. The the Messiah is here, the one that is being sent to save us from our sins, the ones that are being sent, the one the Old Testament talks about all the time. He's coming. I'm just trying to prepare the way. And so this guy, he's in prison, okay? And he asks, he gets his disciples to go to Jesus. And he knows who Jesus is at this point. He, he, he already, he's already seen him walking around. He's seen him get baptized and let the, he saw the Holy Spirit come into him. And, and that was because God told John the Baptist or somehow John the Baptist knew that it would be that whoever he saw the Holy Spirit descend on, that is who the Messiah is. So it's just not like a natural occurrence. You know, you see the dove floating down into my chest. No, it was like, it was just like, hey, John, this is the guy. Let me me just show you, make it real clear for you. And so he saw Jesus get, that happened to him when he got baptized. Okay? So this is that guy. And I'm going to tell you who I am. I was lost. I was searching for answers. I was searching for the truth. And I'm telling you, like, I, I was struggling for about a year. I was just really thinking, man, I need some answers. Like, like I, I just feel like there's something missing in here, and I'm not really sure what it is. And it was just that day, I just find, it finally clicked to me after hearing sermon after sermon after searching after searching, and, and so much love being poured into me, so much truth being poured into me, I finally got it. And when it clicked, I was a different person. I was new. I was born again. I had a hope now that I could spread to the rest of the world. Like, hey, look, I got peace. I didn't have it before, and it's never leaving. Like, I, I can talk to God. He's my heavenly father now. Like, and and this guy, even greater than that, he saw the dude, and he's questioning. He says, "Hey, look, disciples, y'all come here. I'm not really sure how he did this in prison. I'm guessing there was like a little crack in like in the brick or something. Hey, yo." You know, it's like, pass me a note or something. Give me some food. Like, I'm just thinking, it's probably not true. I didn't really look into that but, uh, because I don't really care. But uh, even, even more than that, like, he just he t- he tells us, he tells, hey, look, go ask Jesus this question. Are you the Messiah that we've been expecting, or should we just keep looking for somebody else? Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but in my Christian life, I've doubted. You know, I, I've heard people. I've heard people say, and it really made me feel bad. It really made me feel like, oh gosh, I really, never, I never got saved. I don't even know. I don't even know who Jesus is. You know, like they're just like, I've never doubted God a day in my life. I'm like, are you serious? Like, are you human? What? What are you? Because, like, you're a liar, is what you are. I mean, I don't really. I just don't understand it because, I'm. I just. I'm. I'm real skeptical. I guess. And I just, I'm a lot like my dad, and and he just, he, he questions everything. And I just, and I question things too, and I think deeply, and I'm just like, when things start to happen that really wasn't according to my plan, I really got to know why. Like, I just... I'm really searching for the answer. I'm really searching like, God, how are you going to be glorified through this? Like, can you show me now so that I can tell people like, what is going on here? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so down? Or why am I so happy? I don't really understand why I'm so happy. Why don't I have anything to worry about? You know, it's just like, I question everything and I've doubted God before. I'm like, God, are you really who you say you are? Because I just don't understand this situation. But then in the back of my mind, I know I what know the answer, I just need to hear him. I just need to hear him talk. I just, I just need to be in his presence. Like I just need to talk to him. I need to feel his love. And what Jesus is about to say here, like, this is, this is just crazy. Like, if you want to know what Jesus came to do, he pretty much narrows it down for us. He says, Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. So when you're doubting God, Christian, new Christian, no Christian at all, it's okay to ask Him questions. I want you to understand that it's not when I say doubting it's more like I just really need you right now like I I'm in prison I'm I'm caged up God like I I feel like I'm in a place that I I just I can't get out of this place of sadness or I can't get out of this place of 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 just wondering like what this life I can't these questions that I got they're not being answered and I just don't know what's going on Lord like I just I Look, God, let me see something. Like, I just need to hear you. And he comes back with, hey, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Those with leprosy are healed. And he says, I'm preaching the good news to the poor. I need to know that. I just need to know who he is. I need to know how powerful he is and how much he loves me. And, like I said earlier, I just, like, I get, I get so down, I'm just like, what am I supposed to say? You know, how am how how I supposed to preach? Like, I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say, God. Like, I, and then he just said, he said, just, just rest in me for a minute. Just, just take a moment and just give me everything you got. Just give me all your hurt. Give me all your pain. Give me all your wounds. Give me all your strivings. Give me all your worry. Give me everything you got. Just take rest. Just rest. Some of us in here don't even know how busy we are. Some of us in here don't even know what it's like to truly let all your guard down and let God love you fully. And sometimes when you're on your, your journey with Christ, you're going to get down. There's going to be times where you doubt your calling. There's going to be times where you, where you don't understand your calling. There's going to be times where people try to box you in and tell you how to do something. When you're like, oh, I know God's telling me to do it this way. No, but do it this way. You are free. You are free. God has set your heart free, and he will give you the courage to follow it. You will doubt. There will be times where you're you're not on the mountaintops, and I've, I've quoted Kenny before, but you don't learn the same things on the mountains as you do in the valleys. You don't. I'm so glad, just like Kenny said, I'm thankful for both. I'm so glad that I'm I'm not just on the top of the mountain 24-7 because I would never have compassion for those who are in the valley. I would never be able to reach those who are struggling. I would would never take the time to invite them in to my family. And those people who are in need of hope, I would never go to them because I've got it. I'm there. I'm I'm on the mountaintop. I don't need nothing. But he humbles me. In these times of doubt, he lets me know how strong he is and how weak I am and how much I need him. And so he goes on to say, John the Baptist never said anything else. He asked that question, and Jesus said, go tell him that. And he was through. And he turns to the crowd and says, let me tell you who John the Baptist is. He's the greatest man who ever walked this earth. This guy who's the greatest man who ever walked this earth was questioning. He's like, I just need to know. So just understand that. I'm not gonna go into all the details, but I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip to where. I'm gonna skip to where it talks about where Jesus is something pretty hard. Okay. So in verse 20. It kind of starts right there, or verse 21. I'll just tell you about it. So basically, y'all quit laughing. But, so basically, here's the thing. These people, that he, he was in these towns doing miracles. He was in these towns doing things to show them that I am the Messiah, he was doing things that he just told John the Baptist that he was doing. Those people who couldn't see, he was giving them sight, literal sight, to show them, hey, you're blinding your sin. Your sin is blinding. Your sin is not allowing you to see the, to see the truth. And it's not allowing you to live your life the way it's supposed to be lived. Here, let me open your eyes to who I am, my grace, and the fact that you just put your faith in me. And then those people with, with no hearing, he gave them literal, they could hear literal sound now just so everybody can understand that he was there to allow us to hear what he was saying, hear his word. He is the living word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so Jesus Christ is the living word of God. The whole Bible is talking about him. He is the personification of that word. He is giving us ears to hear And he is healing those of leprosy because we're diseased, guys. We got a disease deep down inside of us that will will rob us of our joy, that will kill us from the inside out. It's called sin. And he's curing them of it to show us that he can heal us. He can heal all of our deepest wounds. He can heal everything that we're struggling with. He can give us strength when we are weak. He is showing them that he is giving good news to the poor because the poor don't have anything. We're all poor. We don't have anything without Christ. Without Him, we have no purpose. Without Him, we have no meaning. Without Him, we have no love. You can give me all the money in the world, but I'll still be poor if I don't have those things because that's what, that's what life is about. And that's what sin robs me of. It robs me of all those things. It tells me that it's going to give me love, tells me it's going to give me satisfaction, tells me it's going to give me fulfillment, but it lies. It tells me it's going to give me freedom, but then it just locks me in. Sin tells me all these things. that Jesus is saying, I'm going to be the truth. I'm telling you the real truth, and I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna fail you. And so he did all this stuff, performed all these miracles, wanting these people to see. He's like, "Look, I'm here," and they did nothing. They did nothing. And so there's a lot of people, you know, we all. In here, we just, you know, we may all consider ourselves Christians and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people who come to church and you're deaf. Everything that, that God speaks to you through his word is just it's nothing. You're blind. You don't even see how much your sin is affecting your relationship with God. And here's the thing. He says, I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. Sodom was a really bad place. So bad, in fact, that it got just obliterated off the earth. It didn't exist after God said no more. Just think about it. At that time Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things for those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the, the Father except the Son, and those and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Some hard truth right there. And those are the the things that I was talking about earlier. That when it's hard, we don't need to push it off to the side. We need to step back and say, I need to change. I need to change. It's not God's word that needs to change. It's I need to change. God changed me. And I can't tell you why exactly, but here's my thought. These people thought they knew the answer. he spent all this time trying to reveal it to them, and they just ignored him. And just like Kenny was talking about Sunday, he even uses people who don't believe in him. He uses people who go against him for his glory. He even uses those people. Now listen. Listen to this. Then Jesus said, Are you heavy? Is your heart heavy? Do you carry a heavy burden? Jesus is calling you to find true rest. True rest. That weight you feel on your shoulders, it's actually not yours to carry. That burden you feel, believe it or not, it can be taken away. The longing for peace, true peace, that you don't have to worry, is the stuff gonna come back? And and is it just do I have no hope whenever it does knock at my door? It can be found peace can be found and it's right there in Jesus Christ and those people that he just got through talking to denied it they denied the peace they denied his strength they denied his love but you don't have to this life was not meant to live without him He is your creator. The creator gives you your purpose. And he can give you everything you need. So, he invited you, he's inviting you to himself. And it's your choice whether you want it or not. Everybody has a choice. I'm just telling you that when Jesus has my burden, I feel at rest. I feel peace. I feel loved. I am loved. I am all those things. So I'm just inviting you to accept that peace. Accept that rest. Lay the burden down. You questioning him, let him tell you who he is. You scared? About the life he's calling you to, remember that the people out there need the hope just as bad as you did. Let's pray. Father, I just, Lord, sometimes your word is so hard, but God, it is so real. God, we cannot deny how real your word is and God, how it deals with everything in our hearts. It heals our deepest wounds. God, you give us a purpose. You give us meaning. You forgive us. You take away the burden of our sin. You break the chains of our sin. God, you actually set us free. You don't lie to us. God, you are truth. God, I pray that tonight someone's eyes would be opened up, someone's ears would be opened up, and God, someone who is poor, In spirits, God, someone who is poor in their hearts, and God, they don't have your love, God, I pray they would become rich with your love, rich with your peace and your comfort and your strength. God, and and everything you are, that we would follow you with everything we are. We would love others with no abandon. We would love others as much as you loved us and as much as the Father loved you. Thank you so much, God, for giving us hope by dying on the cross Given us hope beyond this life, that we could lose this life and be able to spend eternity with you. In this life, even if we die, for the cause of you, it would be worth it because we get to be with you. God, thank you so much for who you are, and I pray, God, that you would just work a miracle in somebody's heart and life, Tonight, or just plant a seed, God, and you'll continue to grow it. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.